everyone welcome back today we're going to be doing our coffee review as always and we're going to start with uh starbucks cinnamon dolce today we didn't introduce so. ourselves oh hi <laughs> i'm kelsey i'm bren i thought you would know that by now <laughs> if you're following along <laughs> yeah so we're doing starbucks cinnamon dolce today and i'm not gonna lie i i don't think it's the greatest it's okay it's nothing nothing to write home about (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like i mean i go to starbucks and i randomly get like a vanilla latte and i ask them to put cinnamon in it yeah and i think that tastes better than this it literally just tastes like starbucks like really strong like bitter coffee with cinnamon in it yeah the like the aftertaste reminds me of um a cinnamon roll yeah that's true which is good i guess but it's like Eh. I think mm. it smells better than it tastes, though. Yeah. It's like, okay. It it's okay. Smells it doesn't suck, but it's okay. Yeah. Not my favorite that we've done so far. Yeah. No. I honestly my think least my favorite, favorite was that Kawaii coffee. Yeah. That was my favorite so oh, far. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. I mean, we're not bashing Starbucks, but... I love Starbucks. Yeah. It's my favorite coffee place. But this is my least favorite coffee we've had so far. Yeah. I agree. We were actually trying to look for, like, some spooky, like, pumpkin spice one, but they didn't have any. Sucks. No seasonal ones. Yeah. But. Um, so, before we, like, move on, I want to tell you what happened last night. I'm so excited. She's making me wait until we started recording yeah, today. Yeah, because I want to tell you guys, too. Um, so, and it's part of the reason my eye is actually twitching right now. Because really? I got, like, I think two hours of sleep last night. Do you want to prelude them on, like, what this is about? I mean... Or do you just want to go into it? I don't know. I don't really know if people will be judging. Okay. <laughs> Let's just stop Not that right I really there. give a fuck, but... <laughs> if you're judgy, you shouldn't be listening and yeah. hang up right now. Yeah. Go do something else. All right. Well, regarding the um, readings that I yeah. did for my friends last night... I think Bryn has a gift, and I think everyone's starting to kind of see Bryn's gift. <laughs> well, my medium has told me that. Yeah. I did. Like, a lot of people have told you. Yeah. And that's, um, like, one of the reasons why I think we both are, like, so into this kind of stuff is, like, Bryn kind of brings it into our lives, too. So. Aw, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Go well, ahead. Um, I was doing tarot. Re- I do tarot readings a lot, and I was doing tarot readings for my friends last night to sum it up. And one of my friends was like, can you do an actual, like, medium reading for me? So I did, and it turned into, like, an hour reading, and it was really freaking on point. Like, I blew my own mind at times. But, I'm pumped. Um, basically, later on, I got home, and I couldn't fall asleep. My mind was, like, going a little crazy, because I haven't done that in a while. So yeah. I think I, like, kind of forgot how to, like, turn it off and, like, yeah. separate myself a bit. The switch was just on. Yeah, so there was just, uh, my mind was just going all night, and, um, so I couldn't fall asleep, and I put, um, Hulu on, because I love Love Island UK. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm freaking obsessed. I can't get on the bandwagon. I am sorry. I am so obsessed. I hate it. <laughs> it's terrible. I am so obsessed. And I was watching that, Got sucked into that, and then all of a sudden, um, probably around 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock maybe, Axel starts barking downstairs. Axel's their giant wolf-like German she- German shepherd. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh my god. But he starts barking downstairs, and um, 
I'm like, why is he barking? And I like paused the TV to see if I could hear anything. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that popped into my mind, which obviously like I kicked out almost right away, I was like, um, oh my God, what if he's like sensing like a presence of a spirit in my house right now. So that's and I'm probably like, no. what it was. Yeah. It was the first thing that yeah. came to your mind. So then I'm like listening and I'm like, well, to make sure that like there's not an intruder or something too. I'm <laughs> listening. And then he stopped barking. So I pressed play again and Love Island started playing again. And then all of a sudden I hear him start barking again like a minute later. My TV fucking shuts off. What? And I'm sitting in a pitch black room. Did you shit your pants? I was literally... <laughs> yes no I like literally was sitting there like what the fuck my then I was thinking oh my god did someone cut the come in my house cut the power like you know like any person that watches (laughs) yeah yeah. so immediately I hit the power button on my remote again like to check if the power was there tv turns right back on what the fuck yeah yeah and I was like okay and I was like a little nervous but like my medium, Laura, has told me, don't be afraid of it. So I'm like, okay, like whatever. So then this morning I'm driving to work and um, my two girlfriends from last night that I hung out with, like are messaging me or whatever. And um, I ended up, what happened first? Oh, like I, like I told them what happened. Yeah, with the TV. Yeah, with the TV last night, like after I did (laughs) these readings and shit for them. And then all of a sudden, I get a text message to my phone, and I randomly get these text messages. Take a look real quick. I know, like, pe- the people listening can't read it. see it, but... Oh, my God. It comes from a name that says unknown. And it's just message not found. Like, that's where you would look at to see the yeah. text. And I get them... I've she been, literally has, like, 10. Starting in 2018, I've gotten them. What and, the fuck? Yeah, and um, it's I've weird never seen because that I've noticed I get these when things are happening beforehand. I've heard things, like, like spiritual things come through technology a lot. Yeah, and I mean, that, like, that happened to me when my best friend passed away and stuff, too, with, yeah. like, it coming through my phone. But, yeah, literally 7.40 this morning, as I'm telling them what happened last night message not found comes through and I'm like what the hell then literally like two minutes later I have the radio on all of a sudden it cuts out and like another radio station comes through and it's literally just this woman being like um oh yeah like the spiritual presence lately da 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 talking about spirits and then she's like yeah my dog's been going crazy at night i swear to fucking god i almost shit my pants again no she's like my dog's been going crazy at night and the the co-host that she was with i guess was like and i don't even know what station this was that came through he was like this is creeping me out this is creeping me out and she's like yeah like when the medium comes on so i guess they were gonna have a medium on their station and then all of a sudden like it cut back i was like that was definitely a sign that like you know what you're fucking doing (laughs) Well, that's, that's what I was thinking, but I'm like, oh my god. Oh my like, god. like, it still blows my mind when stuff like that happens. I don't know why. Wow. Like, I'm like, it's weird, I but it's like not. I feel like everybody that's been doing this, like, even our medium, she's like, when we give her some kind of validation, she's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, she's so, and she's been doing this for years. Yeah. She's so, she's like. We're hoping to have her on the show at some point. Yeah, if you guys are into that kind of stuff, she's literally amazing. We go, like, probably every six months yeah. to eight months. Except with quarantine. Yeah. 
but she, um, we've had a lot of loved ones that passed, so she's, like, amazing. Yeah. At connecting things. And, I mean, I've been to, like, at least, like, seven different mediums, and mm-hmm. every time I'm like, they're not Laura. They're not Laura. She's so fucking good. Yeah. She's so good. Not that she needs, like, our publicity, because she's so <laughs> good, but that's fucking crazy. It's yeah. like that one time, remember we were in the car, and all of a sudden the radio cut out? And it was some woman talking like, yes. on her phone. Yes! A phone call somehow came through. And we and were she sitting was... in the car and we were like, wait a minute, we're listening to someone's <laughs> private fucking conversation. Yeah. It was in a different language, though. It, yeah, she was speaking Spanish because I sent it to my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who speaks Spanish and she, like, translated and she's like, she's telling her kid to, like, get ready for bed or whatever. I was like, what the We were like, why are we hearing this right now? Yeah, that was so weird. And then it, like, stopped and went back to the radio. Yeah. I feel like weird shit happens like yeah. that with All you. The <laughs> All the time. We should do one episode where we're just talking about weird shit that's happened to us oh i feel like a lot of people tell us if you would like that yeah like we don't want to have to like sit here and talk about ourselves maybe we could like have people call in with their weird shit that'd be cool because i know a lot of people i know have had weird stuff happen that'd be really cool yeah we should do that yeah please let us know weird stuff just think about it i could probably do like a five-hour podcast just talking about the weird shit that's happened to me in my life. Honestly, but, though. But... You'd have to rank it. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't want to sit and talk about, like, my experiences. Especially, like, some of them. Like, like one in specific changed me for a while yeah, with like I know which one you're talking about yeah with like just like I used to be obsessed with like going into haunted houses yeah. and like this and that oh my god that's crazy you definitely it have to talk about that me. <laughs> we'll talk about stuff like that so if you guys have any type of crazy weird like ghost stories or just like weird in general yeah. let us know and maybe we can try to set up something for like a future episode for sure um so you want to get started yeah Okay, so grab a coffee and have a morning with us. Just an FYI before we begin this episode, it was pre-recorded. This was probably week four of us recording. Yeah. We've had many delicious coffees since this episode. We just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) And we feel like we've gotten a lot more comfortable since then speaking as well. Yeah. So. So we just wanted to throw that out there, but we hope you enjoy this episode. Yep. Today's case is about Joshua Maddox. Um, Some of you may have never heard of him. I haven't until recently. Yeah, I hadn't until, like, you found that and sent it to me. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, someone actually sent it to me. Shout out Julie. You're the best for sending me all these crazy, like, (laughs) cases. Because, like, honestly, you sent me that and I was like, holy shit, we have to talk about this guy. Yeah, this is, like, an, an... Like, just a crazy case. It's really sad, too. Yeah. Um, All right, so a little bit of backstory on Josh. Um, His name is Joshua Vernon Maddox. He was born in Colorado Springs, Colorado, on March 9th, 1990. So he was, like, a couple months younger than me. Yeah, the town was really small that he lived in. It was 7,500 residents um, in Woodland Park. Right. This was in Teller County, Colorado, and this was among the Pike National Forest. Mm -hmm. He was 6 feet, 150 pounds, had long hair. Yep, long, dirty, blonde hair. Yep, he was, um, people would describe him as creative, a free spirit, carefree. 
He was a nature lover. He loved music. Um, He actually played guitar and he was a writer. So he was like super, super creative. He was kind and he was bright. He was a really good student. He was actually high in the scholastic testing in high school. Yeah. He was well-liked and well-known, funny and witty. He Mm -hmm. seemed like an overall like really cool guy. Yeah. Actually, one of the memories, and I'm not sure who this came from, maybe one of his classmates, but um, they described his personality in school was basically the epitome of this moment where during a class presidential debate, he stood up and interrupted everybody and declared himself the winner of the debate and then, like, walked out. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sounds like my kind of friend. Yeah. So, he was just, like, an overall, like, seemed like everyone liked him. Like, yeah. He didn't have, like, any enemies or right anything like that. So, go ahead. Oh, so his mom's name was Roberta, and his dad was Mike, and they were divorced, but he lived with his dad and two sisters, Kate and Ruth, Mm -hmm. and Joshua was the fourth child of everyone. He also had a brother named Zachary, who we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. Um, He was homeschooled the first two grades, then he went to Woodland Park School System all through high school, Mm -hmm. and he... A fun fact about Josh, he actually made a comic strip called Stickman and Smiley. What? Is that so cute? I love that. Um, he would spend hours making these comics, and then he would share them with, like, his friends and family. Oh, my God. He just, he just like, seems like enjoyed a, it. a cool guy to hang around. Yeah. He was nicknamed Dwa. I think that's how they pronounce it. D-W-A. Dwa. Really? By that. his sisters. Aw. Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah, he really looked up to his older brother, too. Yeah. Um, I actually have a quote from one of his sisters. I don't know if this was around the time he went missing, but she said that he was going to have a great adventure and may not talk to us for a while. So I think he was just, like, a very adventurous guy. Like, he loved being, like, a free spirit, doing yeah. his own thing. He would just, like, leave on a whim or whatever. Yeah. So do you have anything to add before that, before I get to Zachary? No, go ahead. Okay. So, June 1st, 2006, um, 2006, why can't I talk again? <laughs> oh, wow, because I've gotten two hours of sleep. <laughs> Hence her eye twitching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. June 1st, 2006, um, Joshua's brother, Zachary, actually died by suicide. He had battled depression, and he committed suicide a week before his high school graduation. Yeah. Which is, like, so sad. So this was in 2006, and the case that we're going to be talking about with Josh was in 2008. So it basically people still described Josh as being a happy, easy-go-lucky person, happy-go-lucky person, mm-hmm. even though his brother had passed away two years before. He was dealing with it, like, rather okay, as much as you can when you lose a sibling. Um, but he really did look up to his brother. Right. I actually have a quote from his dad um, after everything happened, but regarding mm-hmm. Josh's feelings about his brother when it first happened, oh, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. He, Mr. Maddox said, I quote, I buried his older brother two years before, and it was so difficult on Josh. When his brother died, it pushed him over the edge. It was a big shock for the family and a big shock for Josh. He thought highly of his older brother. Oh, yeah. But even with that, like you said, everyone said he was still, like, really happy and, like, mm-hmm. just tried to make a be- the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. So that's why this, what about, what's about to happen was, like, pretty much a shock to everybody. 
Mm-hmm. It was very confusing. Wow, it's really windy outside. Yeah, hopefully this isn't like picking up. <laughs> or hopefully the tree doesn't come through. Do you this hear the window. house? It's like really windy. We're gonna be like uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. And <laughs> spin away. If you hear wind? Yeah. We're just dying over here. It's fine. The tree is gonna come through the house. Um, so I'm up to May eighth. Yeah, me too. Okay. Do you want to continue right now? Yeah. So, May 8th, 2008, uh, Josh actually left his house. His sister said that he was going for a walk, and this is his sister, Katie. She said Josh was an avid nature lover and loved to go for hikes. So, she kind of just thought, you know, he's going for a walk. This is his norm. He does this. It's not, like, out of the blue. He, like, ran out of the house. Yeah, and he would, like, go hiking alone a lot. So, the fact Mm -hmm. that he was going off on his own wasn't, like, a concern. Not, like, anything out of the ordinary. Right. Um, But that was the last day that Josh was ever seen um, alive by his family. And his dad actually reported him missing on May 13th to the police after basically tearing down the town looking for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And if people are like, oh my god, that's kind of sketchy. Like, like it that, took a while? Yeah. Um, they actually, like, the night he didn't return, they began to worry, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. But they weren't too, too concerned because they're like, oh, maybe he just is going off, like, on an adventure, you yeah. know? They kind of knew his personality and weren't like, this isn't the person that never leaves the house and is scared to go anywhere by themselves. Yeah. Like, he was... He was very independent. Like, they were worried, but thought he would just, like, come home after a couple days or whatever. And they, he talked, the dad, uh, Mike, talked to a lot of his friends and his classmates and, like, kind of questioned all of them on who was the last person to see him. Right, in between the 8th and the 13th. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't get very far at all, so that's when he reported him missing. Yeah, um, I had also read that, like, the not only did the friends say, oh, like, none of us have has seen him or, like, know where he is. They also searched homeless shelters and campgrounds for Josh. Right. And, obviously, they didn't find him. Nothing turned up. Yeah. And, um, Josh had just turned 18, so his family also was thinking, oh, maybe he started a new life somewhere else. Like, maybe he went somewhere to join a band and become a musician or went somewhere to, like, like, be... Like, this um, is him following his dream. Yeah, or, like, just, like like, be away alone somewhere to, like, write a new book or something like that. What's that book that it reminds me of? Into the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I pictured Into the Wild when right. I read that. I was like, oh, maybe he's, like, doing his adventure thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I have until, like, um, Chuck. Okay. So they were based, they also obviously were thinking, did Zachary's death have something to do with his disappearance? Because it had just been the two-year anniversary of his brother's suicide. So, in that case, in that way, they're also thinking, like, oh, did he run off because he just needs to be by himself for a little bit to, like, cope? Like, is that his way of coping? Right, and they definitely thought about it, but um, his sisters were basically like, this is not, yeah, like him. So, searches ended up taking place. They looked in the neighborhood. They looked in a wider, like, parkland area. Mm-hmm. Months had passed, and there were still no clues where Josh was, and hope of finding him began to fade. Police had no reason to suspect criminal activity, and they ended up listing him as a missing person, but not a runaway. I want to yep. make that clear, because usually, like, like p- kids who are 18, mm-hmm. you're when you're technically an adult... They'll be listed as, like, 
a runaway or they'll think, oh, like, oh, he's he's an adult. He can make his own choices. He's he's doing his own thing. But he was listed as a missing person. Yeah, I actually have, and we'll post this um, to our Facebook, I have, I have his missing person's, like, poster that they posted. Mm-hmm. And this is weird. I just saw this now. But ways they described him was a scar, um, just a couple scars, a mole on his chin, a mole on his back, and then he had a missing finger. Oh my god. I just noticed that, and I looked at this last night. I did not know that. Yeah, and it just said basically contact Woodland Park Police Department with any information. Interesting. So that would have been, like, a clear, like, a big... Like, identifying Like, yeah, yeah. If anybody found him. Wow. So... Um, searches continued and the missing file, the missing person file remained open, but Josh's dad, Mike, they ended up, like, selling the family home. Mm-hmm. His dad kept ownership of the home even after they moved that because, yeah, so technically, like, they moved but didn't sell it. I shouldn't have worded it as sold it. Like, they moved to a new home, but they still kept the old one just in case Josh would ever return. His dad was like, this is the only place Place he he would know yeah yeah so he definitely was keeping hope alive like thinking that you know he's gonna come back and he knows this area he's gonna come back to the home and when he does like the house will still be ours technically yeah his i actually read i didn't write it down but i had read a quote from his sister about her saying like they were hoping he'd like walk in with like a wife and kids to introduce to the family oh my god i have the chills yeah it's just so sad this family went through a lot. Yeah. So years passed and there was still no sign of Josh. Yeah. Um, and kind of to jump forward, remember that was 2008. We're kind of just going to go in and talk about um, a man named Chuck in between the areas of what happened next. Do you want me to do the flashback first yeah. about Chuck's yeah. place? Yeah. Talk about his area. Yeah. Okay. So... We're flashing back to the 1950s. Um, this was on Meadow Lark Lane. Chuck Murphy... I had read in one article that Chuck Murphy bought a cabin, and then I read another that Chuck Murphy's parents bought a cabin. So... Mm. I read that it was him. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's just say Chuck. Yeah. Chuck Murphy bought a cabin, and it was actually two blocks away from the Maddox home. Mm-hmm. It was previously known as the Homestead of Thunderhead Ranch. Yep which was a local drinking and dining establishment owned by Big Burt Bergstrom's. <laughs> Big Burt Bergstrom's. Big Bert Literally Bert. sounds like Doug Dimmitt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, sorry, Burt. Um, <laughs> and it was infamous for illegal gambling and wild parties and prostitution. Yeah, and this was also a historic cabin from what I read. Yeah. So... From, that's just, like, a little backstory about it. Yeah. From there, do you want to talk about Murphy's brother? Yeah. So, Chuck Murphy had his brother. He owned this cabin, but his brother actually lived in the space because um, he let him live there until about 10 years prior to this, to Joshua Maddox coming into play. He, Chuck basically used it for storage. He, they had occasional issues with, like, break-ins, but he never really went there. And when he did go, he said that, it was, like, a mess from raccoons and other rodents just, like, mm-hmm. destroying the place. And he said it's it did smell really bad. Like, he noted on how bad the smell was when he did go back to check on it. But he just kind of chucked it up to, like, dead, dead rodents, rodents yeah. and their feces and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
this cabin also, like we said, it was a couple blocks away from the um, Maddox's family's home. But it was in a really desolate area, so there was really no houses by it. And actually a quote was, um, I believe it was from Chuck, he said, if you were to hear anybody, like, no one would hear you screaming from that area. It was very desolate. Yeah, I had read, too, that it was surrounded by, like, pine trees and Mm -hmm. just, like, land. And it was, like, I think... It's actually a beautiful cabin. Yeah, it really is. And it was, like, I think 50 feet... I hope I'm saying it right, 50 feet in from the road. Like, that, Mm. like, it wasn't even, like, close to the road. Yeah. Um... And, like, no one had lived there for at least 10 years. Like, you said, it was just all, like, it was, storage. It was storage. Much. It was very, like, desolate. Nobody mm-hmm. was there. Um, and then this is just going to come into play later. But on top of the chimney in the cabin, they actually installed... He installed rebar um, to keep animals out. He was thinking it's going to keep, like, the bigger animals out, like the rodents, the bigger rodents and the um, raccoons. And just debris from, like, falling in the house. Yeah. So that was already installed on the cabin. He had known about that. Right. So now we're going to jump forward again. So just to, like, recap, Josh had gone missing in 2008. We Mm -hmm. did a little flashback about this cabin. And now we're jumping forward again to August 6th or 7th, depending on the articles we read. We don't know if construction started the 6th. Like demolition. Right. And then this event happened the 7th or what? We just saw 7th. 6th and 7th. Yeah. So August 6th or 7th, 2015. This is seven years after Josh disappeared. Yeah. Um, they basically, uh, Chuck Murphy decided that he wanted to have the cabin demolished. They were making room to build a casino? Or um, property development. I think he was building, I read 32 homes 32 something about 32 homes i don't know if it was like a complex yeah something new was coming yeah he decided that he was gonna have it demolished and make room for this new development um and during the demolition uh the construction company actually um found what was left of josh's body in fetal position in the chimney he was actually mummified yeah which is, like, very disturbing. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And Chuck was one of the people that made the discovery. Besides, like, the construction workers that were there, Chuck was there and made yeah. the discovery. Like, he saw this body in his chi- the chimney of his house. Yeah. Um, Chuck ended up calling the police, and the police also arrived with the county coroner. And with help of forensics, they used dental records to positively identify the remains as Joshua Maddox. Yeah. And I read in one article that his knees, he was in fetal position, but Mm -hmm. his knees were found to be above his head and his head was in his hands when he was found, when his body was found, which like, I can't even like begin to think about what he went through to be in that position. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but... I hope that he passed before that. Me too. And that was the aftermath of yeah. Like how some it yeah. Fell. Yeah. 
That's, oh my god. And I just can't. keep in mind, after his family, like, searching for him for this long seven years, this cabin was a quarter of a mile away from his family's home. Right. I know. I had also read a quote from his sister yeah, about it, like... I read that, Just, too. like, it being crazy that all these years they thought, oh, he's traveling here, there, everywhere. anywhere in the world. Right. And she's like, it just doesn't make sense that he's literally less than a mile away from us. And in a cabin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, autopsy results showed that there were no drugs in his system, there was no sign of trauma on his body, there were no broken bones, or knife, or bullet wounds, Mm -hmm. and the coroner, Al Bourne, which you'll hear a lot about Al, Mm -hmm. um, said the death had not been instant, most likely hypothermia or dehydration, but Mm -hmm. he said that... He didn't, he could verify that he did not, like, starve to death or anything like that. Like, it wasn't, like, a long, like, it, yeah. starving to death would have taken way longer. And I guess the state that his body was in showed that it had to be, like, like, it wasn't quick, but it wouldn't have, it wasn't, like, that long. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, so, they ended up ruling it as accidental. Yeah, and Al actually said that he believed Josh, the the way he died, he believed that he climbed into the chimney and got stuck and then ended up dying from exposure and lack of food and water. Yeah. Um, And remember, the top of the chimney supposedly had this rebar across it, which would have... It's like a, a grate, basically, which would have, in theory, like, prevented him from going in from the top. Yeah. Well, they had also said there was a wood-burning insert in the chimney. I saw that. So if someone had climbed in from above, they wouldn't have been able to crawl back up. Yeah. I I read that it was called the firebox. Um, But, yeah, it's a wooden insert, and if he was... But if you get down it, how can you not climb back? I don't know. Like, how can you fit through it to climb down and then not be able to climb back up? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Very odd. I read that, too. Yeah. So, construction workers who found the body with Chuck also said that a large piece of furniture was blocking the fireplace. So, Josh wouldn't have been able to access the chimney from there or exit it from there, which we'll also get into a little further down about exactly what that yeah. is. Um. But it's unclear how long Josh's remains had been in the chimney. Like, I feel like the coroner, like, couldn't... Like, the body... Josh's body wasn't telling him a lot. Yeah, and like like Bryn said earlier, there was no evidence of illegal drug use, but it was really difficult, Al said, to determine what really happened because of how decomposed his body was. Yeah. And I actually have a quote from Al saying... I know it's not a natural death, and I'm confident it's not suicide, he said. My other options are accidental death, homicide, and undetermined cause of death. It's tr- it's frustrating that we can't pin it down. Yeah, I actually have another quote from him that says, No answers to several things. It is very confusing. And there was no exact cause of death. Like, yeah. he couldn't find an exact cause of death. That's why I he think- was like, maybe it was hypothermia. Maybe it was dehydration. I think that goes back to, like, the level of decomposition of his body. But but if he was mummified, it if he was mummified, he wasn't... 
That decomposed. That decomposed, yeah. Yeah, and actually when he was found, when Joshua was found, he was found with only a, like, a thermal shirt on. He didn't have anything on below his waist. Yeah, no I clothing. have more about that in the discre- discrepancies. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cabin somehow was overlooked during the search for Joshua, though. Really? Yeah, like, they searched that area, like, those areas, but they said, like, since it was surrounded by tall pines and it sat on a large patch of land and it was, like, secluded... They must have just, like, overlooked it somehow or been, like, like, not even, like, thought about it since that house has been basically, like, abandoned all these years, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And I know this is at least what I was thinking, like, oh, something happened inside of the cabin and he was pushed up the chimney by somebody later. But I read that Al, the coroner, talked about how there was no marks on the chimney wall where there sh- should have been if he was pushed up of, up the chimney, chimney. I can't talk either. Because there was no, like, soot marks, like, dragging along the, the side the of thing, the chimney. The thing, too, is if you're pushing someone up a chimney, yeah. okay, why would you push them legs first? Yeah, I don't know. That would be harder, I feel like. You're, like, Pushing legs in first. And, like... Because his head was upside down. And how would he not fall back down? Right, that's what I mean. Like, why is your first instinct, if you did kill somebody or do something to them, to stuff them up a chimney? I would think it would just fall back down on me. Right. Unless you're pushing them down the chimney from the top. Right, and they were to get stuck. Yeah. 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 Um, I also have a quote from his sister, Kate. She said, the only thing we can figure is he was being an 18-year-old kid checking out a cabin. It had already been abandoned for a long time, and a horrible accident happened. Yeah, and I actually read somewhere, too, that, you know, his age and his um, sense of adventure would make sense for this story to fit the theory of him jumping in from the top or falling in by accident because he's an 18-year-old kid exploring but also, you have to think about other theories in this, too. Yeah, and the discrepancies Yeah, you wanna... just don't fucking make sense. So, oh, and it was also um, another thing that Al Bourne, the coroner, had said was he thought it was most likely hypothermia because the temperature had apparently dropped to negative 6 degrees Celsius at its coldest around his death. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. But, like... Then, at the same time, he's saying that it wasn't quick. How wouldn't it be quick if you're negative six degrees? Yeah, I don't know. I have thoughts about... Al? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Let's not go there. (laughs) I'm not a fan. Um, So, basically, (laughs) yeah, Al formed this theory of what happened, and he kind of closed everything. Yeah. And then Chuck, who is the owner of the cabin, kind of went back and said... There's no way that this boy would have gotten in from the top of the cabin, from the chimney, to where he was stuck because of that rebar gate that we were talking about. Right. He said, like, it would be an impossible. Yeah. He said that there's no way he would have done it. And I what like Chuck. Me too. <laughs> what makes it even weirder, though, is, like, Chuck knew that all these years this rebar was up on top of the chimney, so nothing could get in. Um, but during demolition... The people that were demolishing the cabin would not know, oh, this is rebar from the chimney. Let me 
take a look at it, they kind of just were throwing all the scrap metal into Mm -hmm. a pile. Right. So they weren't able to identify if the rebar was tampered with or it looked like somebody had, like, bent it and... They never found it. No. Yeah, so, like... Basically, if anyone's like, what the fuck is a steel rebar? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a large, thick wire mesh that's hung from steel hooks to keep, like you said, keep animals and debris out. Debris out sorry. Yeah. And um, as I quote from Chuck, he said, it was a heavy wire grate, a wire mesh. I installed it across the chimney about one row of bricks from the top. We didn't want trouble with raccoons and things getting into the chimney. So... From there, the coroner, Al, had said, oh, after all these years, the grate may have been rusted or corroded. (sighs) And he said, nobody saw the metal mesh. There were no signs of the rebar at the crime scene. This is a quote from Al. Nobody saw the metal mesh. We didn't see it in any of our photos. It may have disappeared. I feel like Al, like... I feel like Al... slapped a bit. Me, me, just me. (laughs) Yeah, little slacker. So I actually just looked this up because I'm still confused how the theory would have been that he would have gotten up from the bottom because that is one of the theories uh-huh. and gotten stuck. But look how it's like curved. Yeah. So we'll like post this. Yeah, we're, it's a picture I'm looking at now of like a I no. Guess just there's like a no normal fucking way. Chimney. And how do you take someone's legs? How do you yeah. pull someone up by their legs and shove them in like that? Yeah. So basically, it's like okay, the part on the bottom where the fire is burning, and then there's like a curve. And then it goes up into the chimney. So what they're saying is, like, he would have had to have sh- gotten shoved up sideways and, like, curved around no. an S-shape. If anything, he would have been, if someone was trying to hide him or if he went down, I think he would have fell down and gotten stuck. Because yeah. there's no way. There's no way. No. I didn't, because I didn't know what that, I didn't know what they were trying to talk about. Like, I didn't understand that whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah, now that I look at the picture, there's no way that he would have gotten shoved up. So, basically, Al and Chuck had, like, a back-and-forth game, mm-hmm. and it was kind of publicized within the town. Like, everyone knew about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Chuck was just, like, fucking awesome and was yeah. like, no, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, so Al was like, hmm, I should probably take another look. <laughs> well, well, before that happened, there were a couple more discrepancies that good old Chuck, bo- Chucky boy, pointed yeah. out. He said, during the demolition, all metal work had been collected, like you said. Mm -hmm. It was actually put in the back of a truck to be taken for scrap, and either the rebar had already been demolished, it was taken away, or it was nowhere near the chimney, so also, like you said, like, they wouldn't have even known it was part of the chimney. Yeah, so, like, it was impossible to tell that if it was tampered with or not, like, if it was bent for him to get in or, like, anything. Like, it's impossible to tell, like, if it was even there, to be honest. Yeah. Another weird thing, um, as we mentioned earlier, there was, like, a piece of furniture blocking the fireplace. Yeah. This was actually a large wooden breakfast bar that was ripped from a wall in the cabin's kitchen and placed in front of the fireplace. Like, blocking where the entrance of the fireplace, yeah. basically. And the biggest question was, like, who did this? Because Chuck was like, I didn't do this. Yeah. No one's here beside been here besides me to check on the house. Like, who did this and why? I think the why can kind of be answered, but, like, right. who? Other who than, did like, it? the intentional break-ins, though, don't you think that, in my mind, when I read that, I was like, so couldn't he have placed together a timeline of, like, oh, I was here last in 2000 and whatever, mm-hmm. and now it's 
2015 when his body is discovered and this wasn't here before. I mean, not that it would have made a difference. Like, when it got moved? Yeah. Or, like, if they could have nailed down, It's like, just, like, fucking weird, too. Like, who... Why would you rip a breakfast bar out of the wall and move it across the room and block a fireplace? Like, yeah, that just... And the fact and can that one there was a body in the that? fireplace. Right. Like... It doesn't seem like one person can actually do that. I don't know. So... Yeah. Did you want to talk about the thermal? Yeah. So, like I said, all that was found on Josh's body was a thermal. And the rest of his clothes were actually found inside of the fucking cabin near the fireplace. Neatly folded. Yeah. Neatly folded. So, let's just think, like, say everybody's going along with Al's theory of, oh, this was accidental. Why would he go inside the cabin take off all of his clothes from the waist down. Except for his shirt. And then jump in at the top of the cat. Like, go back outside and jump in down the chimney. And even his socks and shoes were off. Yeah. So, like, if that's the case, and, oh, Al, it's negative six degrees. He would have been fucking freezing. Yeah. Why would someone take off all their clothes except for a thermal shirt? And they were like, oh, maybe he got locked out of the house and was like, oh, shit, I have to get back in through the chimney. But Mm -hmm. why in the first place would you take off all your clothes and go outside? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. If, unless there was drugs involved, which w- it was proven there wasn't. Yeah. I just feel like it. W- it nobody's right mind would jump into a chimney like that no. or accidentally fall in. Why would you play on the roof like that? I don't no. know. And why would you, like, neatly fold all your shit and put it by the fireplace before you went and did this? Like, that yeah. doesn't make sense. I don't know. So, mm. yeah, like you said, like, three days after the ruling, Al Bourne is like, oh, should reopen this. He's like, hmm, I'm getting a lot of backlash. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, Chuck's gonna just keep arguing with me. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> um, but he later ruled again that it will remain an accident. Which, yeah. like, I'm sorry. He couldn't just... find... He said there was absolutely nothing in this case that would have suggested foul play. <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a coroner, but... Yeah, which goes back to the whole thing of he checked the the chimney and there was no soot marks on the inside of the chimney that would have showed that somebody pushed him up from the bottom or I don't know. It's just, I just feel like there had to have been something else. I just feel like Chuck should take Al's job. I know. Me too. (laughs) Wait, did you ever, I didn't read about this, but I wonder if like they went ahead with the development of like, they did. They did. Yes. Um, the cabin was fully demolished after police finished the investigation and they built. Could you imagine, like, being the person, like, living <laughs> that they built on top of the, where the cabin no. was? No. Mm. No. I didn't know they went ahead with it. Oh my yeah. god, that's weird. Um, but Chuck Murphy still was convinced, like, he's still convinced it's not an accident. Which I'm not convinced no. that it was an accident either. No. I have some theories. Are you, you at that point You could yet? talk about your theories or okay. the theories and then I'll get into um, the Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. So these are a combination of my theories and just some of the things that I read. So I read that on one of the articles that, you know, it was possible that he was with some of his friends and they were joking around and, like, they put him in the fireplace, like, kind of as, like, a dare and, like, joke were joking around. But then, like, left him there and, like, kind of as, like, a dare. 
but then he tried to climb out of the chimney from the bottom up, and that's where he got stuck and died, which, again... But his head wouldn't be underneath him. Right. So that No, doesn't... and, like, uh, like, I'm sorry, but if your friend's missing and you see people concerned, at least one of those friends is going to come forward and be like, oh, shit. I was or, like, involved go, this Yeah, night. or, like, go, like, check on him and be like, okay, this isn't fucking funny anymore. Unless like, they weren't his friends. I don't know. And he, like met somebody there i don't know and I like maybe least, he saw something i think at least one person would have ran their mouth by now right yeah another theory was that somebody for whatever reason killed him inside of the cabin and stuffed his body up through the cabin which we had already or up through the chimney which we had already talked about is like virtually impossible and actually they followed one of the tips by one of like the suspects believed to have done this and it was ruled that he was innocent because his body type would not have been able to physically lift up Josh's body and push him through the top of the chimney. According to Al. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Was I that have, him? Yeah. According to Al, mm. who's made all these other calls. So I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, Al said... I mean, I think if any type of foul play was involved, it would have had to have been by more than one person. Yeah, unless... Mm. Let me hear the rest of these, then I have I have some thoughts as well. I just have the last one, which is what everybody's going with, or, well, at least what Al's going with, that he fell in through the top of the chimney and got stuck there and died. Hmm. Which, again, is a theory in my book, but... I don't really know what happened to him, to be honest. And I honestly was thinking about it, and, like, I don't even want to know what he went through. I just hope that, like, I wish he wasn't dead at all, but I hope that whatever happened happened before he was put in the chimney. Yeah, I know. Like I said before, like, that's just... Me too. uh, Like, what if someone... I could see with those theories, someone... What if, like, I mean, I've hung out on the roof with friends before. Right. What if him and someone were hanging out on the roof... And his friend, like, pushed him down the chimney as a joke. Orlo is like, go down the chimney, <laughs> as a joke. Right, but, like, Like, I could see him person... going in through the top, but yeah. not through the bottom. No, the no. bottom doesn't make sense to me. And the clothes issue doesn't make sense to me. And the fact that, like, if somebody else was there when this happened, don't you think they would have came forward by now? Or, like... Unless they intentionally murdered him. Yeah. Which, like, what if that happened? Like, what if someone, like... What if they went up, they're like, oh, let, he, what if there's a horrible person and he's like, oh, let's go hang up, ha, hang out on this roof. Yeah. And then he intentionally pushed him into the chimney. Or what if he, like, killed him and then put him in through the top of the chimney? Yeah. Which but, is like, possible. where, why were his clothes taken off and folded then? The whole thing. Like, that doesn't like, make nobody, sense. I feel like nobody's ever going to know these answers. And, like, that has to be horrible for his family to not know what happened right before yeah. he died fucking awful that's like the biggest thing and like my mom passed away a few years ago and literally you can ask any of my siblings the biggest thing for us was we had to get the autopsy report and everything to know exactly what she went through right before she died because it was bothering all of us and i'm sure that's like yeah like i had to know and i'm sure that's what's that is killing his sisters and his dad and his mom I can't think about it. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving forward, 
Alborn mentioned several calls were made to the police and coroner's office with tips, leads, and suspects from le- like about leads and suspects. Um, they named subs. They named suspects that bragged of killing Josh. Mm-hmm. Police ignored the tip at the time, but one tipster wrote a Reddit post talking about the suspect. So I actually have part. I don't think it's the whole post. I think it's just part of the post. But yeah. I have. This is part of what the tipster put on Reddit. And remember, this is Reddit. This isn't a verified website. It's something that we went off of because it's kind of where this case led. Yeah. Um, The tipster said, I went to high school with this skinny, dorky, hippie kid named... Oh, I just read it wrong. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Start over. Oh, here we go. I went to high school with this skinny, dorky hippie named Andy who played guitar in a band. I was never good friends with him or anything, but a year or so after I graduated, one of my good friends, Josh, started hanging out with him and then went missing. Last I heard, Andy was telling another friend, yeah, me and Josh have been spending a lot of time together. We're planning a trip to New Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. So... The man this user wrote about turned out to be a main suspect that the police had kept unnamed for a while, but Bourne could not place him at the crime scene, even though tips claimed he was the last man to be seen with Josh. Like, they were like, we can't go back seven years and prove that this guy was here at this time, Mm -hmm. you know? So, he doubted, he, he also doubted that he could position Josh in the chimney alone. Yeah. But what if someone else was involved? Yeah. Exactly. So, this person that we're talking about, the Andy that we're talking about, his name is actually Andrew, and... We just want to keep his identity protected at this point, but his name's Andrew. Yeah. Um, there's more online, but we're not... We're not going there. Yeah. Um, so, after high school, he became a nomad. This is all about Andy. And he had a criminal... He had criminal charges against him. He had criminal charges for assaulting a police officer, disorderly intoxication, grand theft, and battery. This is all after he was out of high school. Yeah. And he actually, like, that quote had said, oh, last I heard he wanted to go to New Mexico with Josh, right? Mm -hmm. So, remember, Josh went missing in 2008. Andy actually went to New Mexico in 2009. Which is like, if that's the truth, that would have lined up perfectly. Right. Yeah. That's just, like, what are the odds? Like, hearing he wants to go to New Mexico, and then he goes to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So, he stayed with a friend named James Walito, and James was a caretaker of a disabled man. And these three men went back to James's apartment, and Walito went to take a shower, James Walito, and he got out, and Andy was gone, and the disabled man was stabbed to death like what that's just like red flags yeah form your own opinions yeah i mean i'm not straight up saying someone did it but that's crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a nervous laugh god form the theories So, months later, Andrew was taken into custody. He was found wandering Texas County, knocking on doors, asking for food and water. Mm-hmm. The finger, when they took his fingerprints, it showed he was wanted for stabbing, the stabbing in New Mexico, and also a burglary in Washington. And his criminal record, 
like, he had a criminal record in at least six states. Yeah. So, this guy's no He's a very violent guy. I actually read somewhere, too, that he admitted to killing a woman in the past. Yeah. He confessed to killing her and stuffing her in a barrel in, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Taos? Yeah. Taos? Taos? Taos. New Mexico. And... Like, he was bragging about this. Yeah. They actually ended up finding this woman in a barrel, Mm. but they already arrested someone else, and they charged them instead of Andy. Yeah. Which, like, it's New Mexico. I guess things like that can happen there, but... It's fucked up. How do you know that there's a woman stuffed in a barrel somewhere? Unless you did it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, you're admitting to it. Why would you admit to something like that if you didn't do it? Yeah. He actually later was bragging about, quote, putting Josh in a hole. Yeah. It's fucked up. Which, again, if you did it and you're bragging about it, you must want somebody to know. Yeah, and, like, I'm sorry, but that bragging about that woman and then her being found should kind of give the flags up that if you're bragging about someone else and this person was found in a hole, Mm -hmm. you kind of should be taking this seriously. Yeah. He, he, um, ended up, like, not being charged for the stabbing either. Yeah. Because the caretaker, James, actually died in a bar fight and he was the only, like, witness to the situation. So, like, Mm. they really couldn't, like, they didn't have enough to, like, have it hold up in court. Ugh. Which is, like, so fucked up. Yeah. I, I I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. Um, so Joshua's friends had tried to get police to investigate Andrew at the, I I thought I was about to say his whole name for a second, I second guess myself, um, had tried to get police to investigate Andrew at the time of his disappearance. Yeah, I bet you the police are kicking themselves now. Mm Mm-hmm. And... These friends were told, according to them, they were told that Joshua was probably alive and living elsewhere. Like, they were kind of just, like, brushed off. Oh, my God. Which is, like, super fucked up. Ugh, especially for his family. Yeah. Um, during all this time, like, when Josh was missing, nobody called Andy to even ask if he knew anything. Really? Yeah. Which, like, why wouldn't you at least, like, follow up and, like... See if he was, like, even if he was just hanging out with him, if he was the last person to see where he was. Yeah. If, like, he was walking with him on the road and, like, it could have been as simple as, like, oh, they're walking together on the road and Andy goes one way and he, he saw Josh walking towards that cabin. Right, that you know? could have been something rather than just his family seeing him leave their front door. Yeah. I don't know. Just, like, they should have done. I don't know. I'm not gonna, like... It's all opinion. Yeah. This is all opinion. Yeah. Don't fucking get I'm sure, mad. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they did their job, but, like, Andy should have been interviewed. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Stop um, it there. <laughs> anyway, Andy is believed to be in a mental institution somewhere, mm-hmm. or... He was in jail for a short time. Just out and about somewhere. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there was one other suspect, but that person was ruled out. Yeah. And the 
coroner's ruling currently stands that it was an accidental and the case remains unsolved and yeah that's what his family gets for having their son brother and sibling die like that's they get nothing <laughs> super fucked up the only, and they just I mean, lost their other son and sibling too two years prior to him going miss two years prior to josh going missing i feel like there it's need to up. be like more people like chuck who like, like advocating yeah and like maybe if that were to happen the case could be reopened and like mm-hmm. even if it's like they don't have answers at least it's reopened and you're like looking for those answers i don't know yeah i actually have the link to his his family posted a gofundme a while ago um i don't know if people are still donating i mean i'm sure it's not gonna hurt them if you don't if anybody wants to donate we'll post that gofundme link for his family me too we'll post that gofundme because i'm sure like as the years go by their suffering isn't getting any less it's just the time is going by that's pretty much it. But, um, yeah, we'll post that link, too, along with all of our resources and stuff. I think that the hardest part about this case is, like, even if it was, like, an accident, like, a simple accident, like, nothing makes sense. And, like, there's just, like, no answers. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know. And it just is, like, just fucking weird. It's a weird case. I hate cases without answers, but I ha- we had to talk about this. Yeah, because this one's just, like, insane. Yeah. Because, like, there's really nothing. Nobody knows anything. No. I think I think the one of the weirdest things is just the, the clothes yeah. being folded by the fireplace with his shoes and socks and everything. Like, that's fucking weird. And the breakfast bar being, like, blocking the fireplace. Yeah, like, what? He wouldn't do that and then go and jump down the chimney. Yeah. Like, that's fucking weird. And, like, take his clothes off first. That's just, I don't know. Right, like, and if you were going the, oh, he committed suicide route, why would you want people to find you half naked? Mm Mm-hmm. Like. And I feel like, like, with losing his brother already like that, he would have known what his family's been through, you know? And he wouldn't have made it an even more difficult situation where he's just missing. Yeah, Like, he could have just, like, if that were the case, he would have, like, he could have done that knowing he would possibly never be found, and that would be even more torturous for his family. So, like, I think that's completely, in my opinion, that's completely ruled out. Like, that, Yeah. to me, that's not a possibility that he committed suicide. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Crazy, but form your own opinions, people. Yeah. We're not here to tell you what happened. No. We're just here to... <laughs> Relay the message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just, just fucked up. Yeah. But Chuck, you're fucking awesome. <laughs> All right. I think that's the end of it, right? Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Until next time. See you next Friday, people. Oh, make sure to subscribe. Share with your friends. Yeah. Because we need that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not begging or anything. (laughs) Just like and subscribe, please. All right. Okay, bye. Thanks, bye.
For more information regarding this case and our resources, follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.